This is Burgos Ed, the podcast that answers all your questions you never dare to ask about banking. And I'm your host, Aurelia Rauch. Hey Max, hi Dennis. Hi. Hi, how are you doing? Max, there's a wallet in front of you. Why is that? Yeah, for sure I need this wallet for my daily expenses. So usually in my daily life I need to buy things. Let's say starting from grocery shopping to um, uh, going for dinner or for lunch. So I need this wallet for my daily liquidity. Okay, so Dennis, we're here to talk about liquidity today. Explain, Ex please. Exactly. So uh, Max uh, kicked off already with a good example. And um, liquidity basically has two dimensions, if you want to see it like that. So it can be either applied that word um, to um, subjects like Max or any other person or any other company as well um, and objects and if you're talking about um, for example um, um, private persons or um, companies then liquidity is mainly about um, being able to um, yeah pay your liabilities basically um, pay your expenses um, on a regular basis and yeah basically without delay so that's the ability to do that and um, on the other hand, if you're looking at objects, then it's more about the question um, whether there's yeah, an active market for these objects and you can um, sell them basically at any point in time. So in a context of a portfolio structure, um, what role does liquidity play there, in, especially in private banking? So me as a person, if I have a, my portfolio, how important is the factor of liquidity within that? Yeah, liquidity is a very important factor and it has like several aspects. So on the one hand side, liquidity is usually the asset class with the lowest expected return, but also the one with the lowest risk. So usually we can also talk about risk-free assets. So um, yeah, investors use liquidity in the portfolio context to diversify the portfolio among different asset classes and to um, yeah, reduce the overall risk of this portfolio. But on the other hand, liquidity can also have like um, yeah, return enhancement um, yeah, aspects. For example, if you have tactical liquidity, um, for example, you uh, sold stocks at a very high market level and um, you use the um, those, those funds for your liquidity, and you can uh, invest those uh, yeah liquidity this liquidity at a lower market level, and therefore make maybe a yeah, better return. On the other hand, also liquidity has a, a aspect when we talk about uh, different asset classes. For example, we talk about liquid and illiquid asset classes. So on the one hand side, there are asset classes like, for example, art, like real estate, like private equity, which are illiquid. And therefore, it's like mm, not easy to trade them as there is like a low demand and supply. And on the other hand, you have like asset classes like stocks and bonds, which are in general more liquid. So you can usually trade them on a stock exchange and you have a lot of um, market participants who like support the liquidity with supply and demand. So uh, also, this is a kind of aspect that is used in the overall yeah, risk management of a portfolio. In that regard, what I find um, important as well is that um, investors, um, in especially private banking context, if they invest in, for example, either um, bonds or um, in, in equities, they're always exposed to certain companies, risks of companies. So um, they should also um, yeah, make their mind about how can companies actually deal with um, liquidity. 
And there it's actually interesting that um, on the company level, um, basically the same um, yeah, issues um, arise um, as on the portfolio level for an investor. So, for example, you have different goals as a company as well as an investor. So, of course, you want to be um, profitable. Of course, you want to um, maximize your profits. But on the other hand, you're also um, concerned about um, yeah, the safetyness of your of your investments. And um, of course, you want to avoid, avoid the worst case of being bankrupt at some point. So what you need to do is, um, as a private person as well as a company, you need to be able, I already mentioned it in the beginning, um, to honor your liabilities at any point in time. And um, interesting enough, um, on a company level, um, too little liquidity is actually um, one of the most <laughs> popular so to speak most frequent reasons um to go into bankruptcy next to too much debt just on the balance sheet that's the other reason for that and um so investors should um pay attention to um how the companies deal with liquidity because the problem about liquidity is that once you have a problem with it it's usually already quite late to to deal with it um so it's usually recognized quite late and um there are some warning signs so for example if companies start to pay only their most important suppliers or if they for example pay the salaries a bit late um, or if they um, used all their credit lines to the maximum extent um, these are typically warning signs of um, liquidity problems problem is that um, it can evolve in a vicious circle basically so once you have a liquidity problem and you don't honor your liabilities anymore that means that um, your solvency actually um, gets worse and that means that you don't have access to liquidity anymore so that's kind of a vicious circle so investors should really avoid that in their portfolio as well as for themselves and that's why they should hold some um, liquidity in their portfolio what I find interesting as well is what Max mentioned um, regarding different asset classes. Um, so what makes an asset class or a particular security more liquid than another one? And um, there are typically three categories we are paying attention to. So one, for example, is um, a market breadth. So that means that um, the so-called bid-ask spread is high or low. And bid-ask spread means um, that um, if I would like to trade security and um, I have a certain price I need to pay when I buy the security and there's a certain price I receive the same minute when I would sell the security this difference is called a bit aspirate and the higher it is the more illiquid um, the security is and the other way around and um, this bit aspirate is usually um, determined by of course the number of market participants who are willing to trade the security but on the other hand as well um, by um, the market depth so that means um, how much volume is actually traded there um, and that determines liquidity there's a third, dimen a third dimension to that um, that's um, so-called market resiliency and that basically means it's a bit out of that scope but still important that basically means how quickly um, prices of a particular security reflect changes in their intrinsic value sounds a bit complicated but it's actually quite easy let's imagine there's certain news which change the theoretical value of the security for example they um, sold a machine for an extremely high price higher than everybody was expecting then of course the value of the company changes and then the question is how long does it take that the price of the security reflects the new intrinsic value 
And um, if that goes quite quickly, like for example for huge companies with huge volume, huge attention, um, then it's considered as liquid as well. Um, while on the other hand, you have um, smaller companies often where it takes a while until um, the market really um, factors the news in. Um, and this actually um, offers opportunities for investors if you're quicker than the market. But on the other hand, of course, it also um, causes some risks. And um, that is basically the consideration whether an asset class or security yeah, is considered liquid or not. So for me as a private person, why is liquidity so important in my portfolio or just for me? Yeah, also like this, uh, for this questions, there are like different answers. So on the one hand, it's very important for a private person to have enough liquidity. Um, so just imagine you uh, invested all your money into real estate or into private equity, so you don't have any liquidity, um, but your car gets broken and you have to repair it, then you need some money. And this is like the problem when you don't have any liquidity, you have to sell this asset class for a discount because yeah, maybe no one wants to buy this as a class for the price you are, for the fair price. So you have to sell it for a lower one. And therefore, it's always very important as a private person to have enough liquidity for um, your daily spending, as well as maybe some unexpected spendings. Um, but yeah, for sure, on the other hand, you should not have too much liquidity. So you should always try to keep the balance when it comes to liquidity. What are your, like your, your real needs? And yeah, on the other hand, um, and also there are some investors who might uh, prefer to invest into asset classes which are more illiquid, for example, real estate or private equity, because usually investors expect a higher return from asset classes that don't have uh, like a liquid market and uh, therefore try to maybe invest a part of their portfolio into those asset classes to like enhance their overall return. Very cool. Thanks for explaining that. And then one last question, because... That's a good way to finish. Um, tell me all the words that I should flag that have anything to do with the topic of liquidity. Yeah, for sure. There are, for example, money market funds, which are investment funds that invest into like high quality, high liquid um, debt securities, um, which maybe offer a bit a higher return than uh, the interest rate in most countries, which are like mostly... Um, almost zero or even sometimes below zero, for example, in Switzerland and Europe. And those funds allow investors to um, have a kind of um, yeah, liquidity within their portfolio. And another keyword maybe would be um, a short-term credit line, for example, for a company, but also maybe for a private person. And uh, yeah, this also offers liquidity to um, yeah, people or to, to companies. Yeah, maybe in that context as well, um, commonly used word, especially in private banking, is um, so-called cash replacement. So um, if you, for example, come from the pure definition of cash in a portfolio that is really like on your account, and Max already mentioned it, that um, in basically all major currencies you have extremely low interest rates, um, if not even negative, and therefore investors, of course, try to avoid that in their portfolio so um, they um, for example invest in money market funds which are considered as um, yeah, cash replacement instruments um, but they should always be aware that of course the risk um, is 
higher than on the risk-free rate. That's why um, it offers a bit more return. Um, but these products are often um, used in private banking context in order to um, enhance the returns of cash a little bit. Awesome. I think that's it, huh? Anything else to say, guys? No. Perfect. Thank you so much for explaining all of that. Bye, guys. <laughs>